DCI's Field Pass is presented by Zildjian. The symbol played by more Drum Corps International world-class cores than all others combined. Visit them at Zildjian.com. This is your Field Pass with DCI's Dan Potter. This is your Field Pass preview of the 2016 Drum Corps International world-class season. The second and final part of our annual sit-down with DCI Artistic Director Michael Cesario. All right, let's dive into last year's top six. Uh, in 2015, Blue Knights came in sixth at finals, uh, 91.85. They've had a couple of years of uh, kind of existential shows where they're examined uh, life and death in that one second and reasons for uh, for existence in, in because. What do you see from them this year? The show is called The Great Event. Once again, this is your existential core. This is the core that's figured out how to mine the vagaries of existence and this is no different it does however i mean you've got some elliot goldenthal in there and and if you know him and his work you know he's um keenly emotional and yet at the same time at first you he strikes you as very abstract so i think that they're not playing around their percussive moments are always uh you know a voice of change and i think the whole show becomes that it's really kind of about the courage uh, that you find in the fire of change. You know, as the change happens, do you embrace it? Do you reject it? And of course, it's the Blue Knights. So your guess is as good as mine as to where they'll take that. But I don't think in any way it's predictable. And that's one of their strengths is you go, I would have never thought they took it there. And that's exactly where it should have gone. So I think one of the reasons the crowd reacts so strongly to them is it's an unpredictable satisfaction. They get there. We didn't see how they were getting there. But when they get there, we go, yes, that's exactly where I wanted that to land. And as we've seen the last couple of years, and I think this is the culmination of those ideas, I think that they are not afraid um, to be more forthcoming with the idea a little bit uh, reaching out for the audience a little bit. Um, they've been very careful about how they've done that and uh, recreated a whole, a whole identity. And uh, this one is just so strong because it has the fuzzy edges. You know how every time you're told to look at an abstract painting, uh, you know, they said the whole point of great abstraction is the viewer fills in the rest. And that is my definition of uh, the Denver Blue Knights. The audience fills it in. So it becomes a show meaningful to each person. But they're going to take us on that ride. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Last year's number five, Santa Clara Vanguard, pardon the pun, shocked us with Spark of Invention. This year, kind of an elemental show too, Force of Nature. Force of Nature. Uh, you're going to get all, all the forces that nature throws at us. And I think that means you're going to see the differences in the four seasons. Uh, I, I don't think it's a four seasons show. Ha ha, happy winter. Ha ha, happy summer. Ha ha, happy spring. I think it really is the kind of force that nature can whip up in those seasons. This is a way of doing a story, not a story. So I think that, again, they, they are finding the right hook for Santa Clara. They've been in that median... Uh, areas that they hate being in. They like to win. (laughs) 
And um, again, it, it's time to reinvent yourself. But they've got Scott Coder in there now, who's a master programmer. And he understands contrast, and he understands when to go for the intellect and when to go for the heart. So I think that that whole team, because, you know, you get Paul Rennick and, and you know, J.D. Shaw. his brain makes my brain explode. You know, he's so thoughtful. And, uh, and Sandy Rennick, too. But, and then uh, J.D. Shaw, who can make any kind of sound he wants to make. So I think with uh, new brass staff to make all of that pull together, I think you're going to find it to be a lot fresher. And this gives somebody like Sal Salas a bigger palette from which to paint. Uh, this is going to be a good one. Don't just think of it as the Four Seasons. I think they were smart not to call it that or anything like it, but rather force of nature. And sometimes, uh, I mean, you know, there have been years we've thought of Santa Clara as a force of nature. This is going to be a dynamite year for them. As an Oklahoman, visually, I hope I see a tornado coming across the field in Santa Clara's show. If anybody can do it, it's probably Pete Weber. (laughs) After all, he could do the sparks from Tesla coils. Heaven knows what they'll be bringing out, but I know that there'll be something uh, pretty magical. Last year's number four, The Cadets. This year, their show called The Awakening. Got some music from John Mackey and Respighi in there. Well, you know, it was originally going to be called Stoned, but instead Awakening. And it really is about statues coming to life. But the statues, as the statue would, coming to life. And many classic plays have been about statues coming to life. There's many operas about it. There's many uh, plays about statues. And so this is not something new, Pygmalion, Galatea, there's all, you know, Winter's Tale by Shakespeare. So there's plenty of, of um, material uh, to be used there. But I think here again, it's how do you overcome being the outsider and being the, 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 uh, the figure made of stone. And again, I, I guess several chords are being self-referential this year. But, you know, often we think of the cadets as being made of stone, you know. Mm. They stand at attention, they do. And this is a case where they're explaining, no, this is how it is. And there is a moderating influence in here that I think is going is to give us a different, a different take on how they do things. Uh, I think that visually they're going to have um, just a different base from which to work. And that should give them a nice variety, a different way of looking at things, Daryl Pemberton writing uh, uh, a lot of the big drill. I, I do think Joe Henniger, who's going in for the uh, uh, color guard design, he's a very uh, brilliant guy in the sense that he's prolific and it looks different and unique and he always has a special take on things. Um, he also is a costume designer and an excellent one. So I'm going to guess that they're going to look terrific too. So I, I'm hoping that uh, what this does is gives us a new appreciation for the kind of things the cadets can do. Oftentimes we overlook um, their excellence because we just simply expect it from them. And that's not really fair. Every year it's a new set of kids, you know. So the idea is take a look at our excellence, but from a different angle, through a different uh, set of lenses. And uh, I think that's what's going to happen here. And starting out with Pines of Rome, I, I know they're doing Villa Borghese and maybe Apian Way. I, I can't remember exactly which, which two movements are doing. But, man, for drum corps fans of a certain age, that's going to harken back to Star of Indiana 91, uh, just one of my favorite charts. It's going to be good to hear that music on the field. For drum corps fans of a certain age, it's going to hark back to the Cavaliers. Sure. 
What is that, 83? But I think uh, this is Jay Bocook arranging. You're not going to get your standard anything. You know, it's it's going to be something uh, big and strong. I think it's interesting here, some of this, because but we know it. So it's a challenge. Can they do it better, more uniquely um, than what has been done before? You know, people come to me and say, why are they doing tunes we've heard before? And I go, you know, every generation deserves its own Pines of Rome, doesn't it? Hmm. You know, how old were these age outs in 1991? Because they weren't living in 1984. So let them have their shot at a Pines of Rome and let an audience, if you've been around the block with this tune a couple of times, go ahead, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And if this is new to you, get ready because, you know, there's some wild stuff going on. in that piece. And I think we're going to hear it in a, we're always going to hear it when the cadets do anything, they do it in a different way. So um looking forward to this one. Well, in the last year's number three, the blue coats, uh, you know, Michael, we're kind of used to, I think blue devils being the ones who keep their show announcement closest to the vest and, and reveal it just right before the start of the season, if not the start of the season uh, this year, out of all of last year's top 12, the ones that are being the most tight lipped, are the mad scientists at the Blue Coats? Uh, it's funny you call them the mad scientists. I always call them the mad scientists at DCI, and they're at it again. I'm actually not revealing the show uh, uh, title and all of that. That's actually really old school. You right, know, right. you try and be a surprise when you walk through the you know walk uh, through the tunnel at the first show of the year. Um, and they're keeping tight lipped. I know it, but I'm not going to tell because. You know, Dean Weston will come with a shotgun. <laughs> uh, so I think that um, what I will say is they are uh, crazy. Uh, they will make you think that somehow gravity has been suspended. Hmm. And, <laughs> and they are playing, again, they done found the stroke. They are clear advocates of 21st century music. And so we will get some dark, exotic things. I, I think that we're going to get some very original and new um, wacky stuff that the audience loves when they play because they know how to present it. But I think that at some point when we get to Pink Floyd, um, you're going to wonder what the heck, uh, you know, great gig in the sky. I, you're going to wonder, wonder what the heck is going on because this is music from every every conceivable source. But they put it together in such a way as, I, I, I think, what I've heard of it, I think it's Doug Thrower's best arranging. Wow. And by far, by far. And their drum people are so brilliant. I, I really think they're the ones that took these huge chances last year with electronics. And uh, they've always been kind of right in there, the leaders of that. And um, I think that they've learned a lot I mean, they made some gigundo mistakes last year with the, the electronics in terms of making sure things could work and so on. And it hurt them in a way that it probably shouldn't have. But nonetheless, um, they put it all out on the line. And I, I think this is going to be a year where every section of that brass line delivers the goods on the same level as any champion has ever. 
Last year's number two straight from the Inferno was Carolina Crown, just less than a half a point behind Blue Devils, the 2015 champion. Uh, we've seen just some amazing ideas executed by Carolina Crown over the last couple of years, and I have no reason to think we won't see exactly the same thing from them this year. Their show called Relentless. I always think of Crown as kind of the chameleons of DCI. Hmm. You don't know where they will go for the theme. You just know you're happy to go along with them. And this is one of them. It, it almost has a, a Shakespearean quality to it in the sense that there's a little bit of Hamlet in there and so on. But they're kings and queens of layering. They leave nothing with a thin coating of something. Anywhere you look, you can dig, and there's a second and third and fourth and sometimes seventh layer. So there's always some other layer of meaning, and this helps them, or should help them, later in the season when the crowds have seen them a couple of times, the judges have seen them a few times, and yet there's still something more to see, something more to feed the soul. This one has a lot of um, crazy response to it. Uh, everybody that hears about it goes, really? Um, because it really is... Um, about vengeance and vigilante justice. And, um, and if you're thinking Princess Bride and, you know, uh, my name is Inigo Montoya, there's a bit of that in there too, actually. But wow, there's, there's kind of a spaghetti Western sound to it. I, I've heard it called steampunk Western, and I think that kind of says what the look of it is. But really, you're talking about a strong strong tale of revenge and i don't know how else to say it but if anybody can bring that along it certainly is them but revenge in the west i think there's some django unchained in there i i think it's got a lot of elements of things we're familiar with that have been great entertainment and i think the reason i mention all these is not because you're going to see any one of those things in here but ra rather those things have brought a high level of a compelling uh, response. And I think this is, is going to do the same thing. And um, percussion is on par to, to move right on up. Uh, the horns, what can you say about those horns except they're better, if you can believe it. And uh, I'm not sure there isn't anything they can't play. And uh, Michael Clutch is going to test that out. <laughs> Make sure that they can, in fact, play all those. So I, I think we're going to have a lot of... Um, wild response from them because I really do think it is that kind of anger and revenge and waiting for the right time that somebody who's been wronged simply lives on that, on that, uh, on that hope of revenge. And I think that's the tale here. And I think they pick, you know, it's Medea's dance of vengeance is sitting in the middle of all of that. So, uh, I don't think it's going to be Medea's dance of the slightly perturbed. You know what I mean? This is going to be the real deal. So um, I think strap in on this one. We've made it to last year's number one, the Blue Devils, doing a take on Shakespeare as dreams are made on. It's Shakespeare. It's his 400th anniversary. We are such stuff as dreams are made of. And our little life is rounded in a sleep. Pretty much that's the show. If you know the Tempest, you know all magic happens in between them. There's a shipwreck. There's Prospero the musician. His trusty aide, Ariel, 
who is of the air, aerial. <laughs> I'm guessing we'll see a few aerials. <laughs> um, but also of the earth, Caliban. And I, I think the characters that appear in this piece become the motivators for certain pieces of music. And I think we'll see, if you look at the uh, repertoire, you see Dave Glide putting together the same wild white knuckle roller coaster ride that we're used to from them with a couple of twists. I, I think between uh, Scott Chandler doing his amazing vision things, I, this is the Tempest and the Tempest is made to be magical. Uh, and if you want magical brass, who do you call but Lean Downey? They're a core that hasn't won three in a row. Only the cadets and cavaliers have done that. Do you think they're thinking maybe they could? They don't give up. They do not muck about. You know, in the course of a season, there's groups that complain and whine. There's groups that do. Not the Blue Devils. The Blue Devils just pitch in and get to work. And if there's a problem with the darn show, they fix the problem. And I think that we see their unbelievable attention to detail, and we see their pretty amazing sense of invention and imagination. They're going to bring that to this. This is um, a very tough take. It's a very tough take because the play is very tough. In one respect, it's a magical, complete layout of all the emotions and the elements. And in another way, it is really a, a somewhat tragic tale of uh, an old magician tossed at sea. So I think they're going to have both ends of this thing tied up. Um, look, look for um, some, uh, some pretty wild, uh, wild drill. Michael, as we've talked many times on Field Pass about increasing audience engagement, I don't think anyone could argue that over the last several seasons that hasn't occurred. Do you see that trend continuing in these show concepts? I do. It's a little harder in some cases to, because when you're trying to explain them before the season, well, good luck with that. You know, there are drill, there's drills still yet to be learned. And all of the writers are working on a, in a way that's a little bit unusual, which is we're going to see complete shows. And believe me, we're going to see complete shows because if we don't see complete shows, they're being punished. But at any rate, whoops. Uh, by that, I mean, I don't know what the judges are going to do. If you come in with a show that's minus two minutes, the judges have to judge for 10 minutes, so they'll probably be judging you playing your drum beat off the field. Um, but um, we have gone for the audience. We have gone to make sure the audience is understanding of what they're seeing, and the shows you're going to see are going to be complete. That doesn't mean they're going to be fulfilled because the shows do grow in the course of the season. And that's partly because the creators and the writers, as they see it, it's just how a Broadway show is put together. You know, when you're out of town in Chicago or Boston, the show is done. People are applauding at the end, but that doesn't mean this song isn't going to be pulled out and another one put in, or this idea isn't working as well. And so they will do. And we're seeing more and more of that as change and modification uh, take place in the course of the season. So they're putting a lot of weight in that basket. Um, and I, I'm hoping that they know, uh, they seem to approve that they do, 
that one of the things we keep looking for is can we make sure that that audience is giving back to them the sound that says love, applause, uh, that that they're filled to the brim, that the kids can finish that show and bask in the standing ovations and and meet real standing ovations, one that, that are meant for people who have performed meaningful things. Remember, it's an amateur. It's, it's an amateur activity. Nobody thinks they're seeing pros. We forget because they're so darn good. But it's really like the Olympics. You, you not only are going, that kid's going to do a double, triple, salt cow followed by a quad, you know. Not only that, we're hoping they do it. It's the only place I've seen where everybody hopes every core is great. <laughs> and they just like, they're, you know, and they're a fan of this one and they want them to win. But they're happy with every core doing great. And one of the things about, you know, reaching out to the fans is not just to your own, but to every fan and more and more they're doing that. I, the, the directors are really the, the ones you get credit for that. And then, and then the staffs have, have signed on and even when their natural instincts are to go for the intellect, they are clear enough. I, you know, we used crown as an example earlier of layering. Now that means the judges have to dig deep. But it also means that the audience is, if you see them once or if you see them three times, there's something new to catch and new to watch and new to appreciate. And I think that's, that's where they're really growing. Drumcore International Artistic Director Michael Cesario, the 2016 DCI Tour, steps off live from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis tomorrow night. It'll be broadcast live to hundreds of theaters nationwide as Drum Corps at the Cinema, the 2016 DCI Tour premiere. Get your tickets now at dci.org or fathomevents.com. And I'm delighted to report that DCI has resolved issues that have kept the field pass off iTunes for the past couple of seasons, and we're now back and available via iTunes as well as SoundCloud. So capture every show this summer in whatever way you prefer, and let's see if we can get the field pass back up to where it was a few summers ago, one of iTunes' top 20 music podcasts. Our theme music is by Mark Higginbotham. DCI's Field Pass is presented by Zildjian. Visit them at zildjian.com. I'm Dan Potter. Countdown to step off. One day, I'll see you at Lucas Oil Stadium.